There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How do we as a community gain freedom from slavery, from oppression, or in the case of the coronavirus, from infection? Maybe the word breakthrough is part of the problem. Breakthrough implies rare. Breakthrough implies something went wrong. And that's not actually the premise of the vaccines. Right, the premise is that you don't end up in the hospital. We know today that many of the face cloth coverings that people wear are not very effective in reducing any of the virus movement in or out. Either you're breathing out or you're breathing in. Sad day here, Albie. Sad day. We honor a brother, a friend, a fellow traveler, soldier, mm-hmm. the great little Jerry Callahan. You're just trying to make up for the fact that you let him be killed. Jer- hey, Alice, this is not about us today. It's the time we put away our differences and remember a great American, my good friend, my brother in arm little Jerry Callahan felled in the prime of his life doing what he loved best Alice out foraging adventuring carpe diemi never taking life for granted I would go with carpe diem he explored he broadened his horizons Alice and by that he broadened all of our horizons and brightened our lives LGC, a great man gone. My poor little chicken. Little Jerry Callahan, absolutely my favorite chicken. Thrice attacked. Well, looks like four times attacked, but it was three for four in the original attacks. Mm-hmm. Now got a great chicken. I've got a number of different, a number of different um pictures of him in videos. I have memorialized LGC in all sorts of ways. 
Mm-hmm. Not the least of which, Alice, is uh, uh, T-shirts available for when, men, women, I and children. I those T-shirts. So if you guys would like to, feel free to go to burnbarrelpodcast.com. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and there's a shop link. And if there. you think that this sounds craven, that we're trying to benefit <laughs> is. Of, over the death of who was, to me, my, uh, to be honest with you, Alice, my best friend, <laughs> uh, then I will have you know that one of our last conversations together, Jerry asked that people wear his t-shirts to remember him far and wide. Mm-hmm. Burnbarrelpodcast.com. Men, women, children. We miss you. We tip, tip your drink to... Jerry, Alice, it's something we used to do in the 90s. Pour one out? Yeah. You would tip your 40 ounce. I don't even know if they make those anymore. But okay, so there you go. LGC. Mm. What a chicken. What a character. What a life. I know. I'm really sad. So am I. Would not have happened if I was here. Well, maybe you're abandoning me for selfish uh, vacays away. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's where you what guys I'm get having. to frolic in the water? I just and frolicked with all the four kids and the two dogs berry, and the berry picking mm-hmm. and all those other things. Yeah. I was left alone, mm-hmm. left alone, left alone. Yeah, and then today I was out mowing the lawn now and clearing I'm truly walkways alone. and pulling weeds. Hold and on, doing all Alice, kinds don't overstate. Uh, don't. I'm sunburned. My shirt I am is in mourning, Alice. Okay. I'm not. I can't do yard work while I'm in mourning. People oh. know this. This is. One of the when stages of grief. When can you actually do yard work? It's going to take me a while to get through this stage of grief, Alice. Probably a year or two. <laughs> okay. All right. So, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting that this there's this little piece of audio out there from Mike Olster home. He's been one of these, COVID's going to destroy the world and the world and destroy your life, uh, epidemiologists for oh, quite a while now. You probably have seen him somewhere. But he said something fascinating today on CNN. And to me, this just, this gives away the entire ploy here. Listen to them. This is him in a, in a passionate attempt to try to get us to use more precautions to not, to not uh, die from COVID and not to spread it to kill grandmothers. He really exposes the lie of the masks to begin with, is that a crying child? It's for the, it's okay. There's other chickens. They're ta- they're taking it hard. This is Mike Olserholm, the epidemiologist on masks. We know today that many of the face cloth coverings that people wear are not very effective in reducing any of the virus movement in or out. Either you're breathing out or you're breathing in. And in fact, if you're in the upper Midwest right now, anybody who's wearing their face cloth covering can tell you they can smell all the smoke that we're still getting. We need to talk about better masking. We need to talk about N95 respirators, which would do a lot for both people who are not yet uh, vaccinated or not previously infected, protecting them, as well as keeping others who might become infected, having been vaccinated from from breathing out the virus. This is a remarkable thing to hear. I mean, this was always in the CDC website, and but you never had it uh, echoed from public health officials. They, they were so pro mask get the mask, get the mask, get the mask, get the mask, that nobody would do anything to ever denigrate them. It was your personal oh, yeah. responsibility. But it gives people something that they can do. It makes them feel good. It gives them a sense of control over their lives. Um, you know, I think I talked about this with Bethany Mandel, but not with you, that this is like a way that parents especially like deal with things with their kids when people and and I mean people in general when people are afraid of something bad happening to them they like 
things to do that give them the illusion of control over that, even if it's not really something that does anything, you know? So, I mean, that manifests, like, when we talk to your friend Jacqueline, for example, mm -hmm. about how she got COVID and... The conversations with people were all them trying to figure out, like, where she got it, how she went wrong, what right. she did that got her to get COVID, you know? And there's a sense from people, people want to know that if they take step A, B, C, that nothing bad will happen to them, you know? It, because people don't like the idea that something bad could just happen to them and, like, not for a good reason. Yes, but Alice, this was, this split society. I know, but I think that so the public health for, for geniuses something... thought that it was better for people like to keep them like calm and relaxed and not freaking out about it. It was like better to give them, let them have something that made at them the, feel at, good. At the price, at the cost of their cre credibility. Right, right. It made the, you know, they felt that it was good to give people a sense of control over it, give them a way that they felt that they could feel safe and like go about their lives without freaking out because... A lot of people are now mentally damaged and can't like function well, they're, in they're, society without a mask yes, on. So. Well, yes. So their noble lie <laughs> in this in this case was more damaging than no noble lie. Right. This is ridiculous. And and and, and just, we're going to send kids to school this fall, and we're going to make them all wear little pieces of cloth over their little faces, even though we know it doesn't do anything, because it will make the parents feel good. It will make the parents feel like you can send them to the school eight hours a day if they all wear little pieces of cloth over their face. So we're going to just keep pretending together that this does something. I think this is remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. And I think that we should look back at this. And because we've been marinating in this craziness for such a while, that I think it's hard to get a, take a fresh look. We're so immersed in all this, all this information and all these new patterns of living that, that we've been put in. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're able to st take a step back, or actually just take it, if you can go back in time and to where we started here, what mm -hmm. the messaging was and how the message messaging changed and how the messengers at first, and these are the politicians at first, uh, initially said when Trump first uh, first put the Chinese travel ban in mm -hmm. and uh, to when to a person elected leaders said this is disgusting and Xenophobic. evil and mean and go into Chinatown and go to Chinese restaurants and go see a movie together and go to the river mm -hmm. this was remarkable what must have fauci uh, the 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 sainted fauci been saying when they said yeah well, AOC, actually, he was saying AOC that too. He said we weren't patroning the Chinese restaurants. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We're remarkable, remarkable. So that's where we are now. The masks are just a showpiece. They don't really work. It doesn't matter because we're done with the masks anyway. But no, if people feel scared, then they can go wear an N95 respirator and a face shield. And I mean, that actually will prevent viruses from coming into your face. Uh, yeah. fairly well in public but you can do that and then you don't really have to worry about what other people are wearing or if they're lying about being vaccinated or whatever and this should have been the message for the last probably nine to twelve months yeah but how about this, else? this how about this we're so petty and small and snively that the people who are scared of mm -hmm. the disease of the virus they don't want to just wear the n95 and the spit shield the huge windshield thing <laughs> They don't just want to do that. They also want you to do that. 
And I don't know if it's because if they're hurting, you have to hurt too, or because they'll feel silly, and so we all have to feel silly together. But it comes from a craven and small and childish place. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, so we're watching the Olympics happen now in Japan in real time, and now we've talked about this. Only like, what did we say? Like something teen percent of Japan is vaccinated, like a really low percent. Um of Japan is vaccinated and now but we were told that they got the virus under control because they all mask and followed rules right so they have near universal masking in Japan like mask compliance mm-hmm. is like 98% and um, they're seeing cases now at the highest rate they've seen at any point in the pandemic even though they have near universal masking and we were told that was how they kept it all under control now yes the Olympics are happening but they are testing these people that are in the country, most of whom are vaccinated, by the way, they're testing them constantly and they're making them quarantine if they so much as test positive, even if they're showing no symptoms. I mean, and when they say quarantine, they're not talking about like here where a contact tracer calls you and tells you to stay home. They're talking about like they lock you in the hotel room and deliver all your food for you because they won't let you leave. You know, we're talking about there was a, a an Olympic uh, skateboarder who got locked up she tested positive. She couldn't compete. And she said it was like inhumane conditions that <laughs> she was locked up in this room and they're just delivering like little styrofoam things of food to her. She can't leave. She can't see anyone. So that's like how they're handling COVID. And their cases are still higher than they've ever been right now. So it's obvious that these non-pharmaceutical interventions absolutely do not do what we're told that they do at this point. I mean, like we can see that they don't. They're... Are they probably better than nothing if you have no treatments, if you have no tests, if you don't have hospital capacity, if you don't have a lot of the population who's already immune or vaccinated? Like, yeah, they're probably better than absolutely nothing. You know, we saw what happened like in New York at the beginning of the pandemic when there were no tests and everything. I mean, we had the highest death rates anywhere in the world, basically. So, I mean, yeah, these interventions, if you can if you can do them, if you have nothing else to lean on are probably okay. But I mean, like we have vaccines now, a lot of people are immune. People can make their own choices. We have plenty of hospital capacity. We have plenty of PPE. People can take tests and get the results in a day. This is not the same situation that we had 15 months ago. So the time has come now for people to say these measures are, you know, okay. If you have nothing else, but we, we don't need these anymore on a society-wide level because they just don't really do much. You know, it's the same thing we're seeing in Australia where they're doing a terrible job rolling out the vaccine. Like we talked to our friend Jamie B who has a new podcast, by the way. Did you see that? that? Um, And um, in Australia, and they're, you know, locking everybody totally down. You know, people can... Go to the store five one things. at a time five for five reasons. minutes. They can only leave the five house for five <laughs> reasons. They have the army enforcing the quarantine now. And, I mean, they could be rolling out the vaccine, but they're not. They're doing this instead. And it's ridiculous that we have a society that's as vaccinated as we are. And we're still trying to lean on these non-pharmaceutical in- interventions. Because they just don't really do enough to be, to be very impactful at a society-wide level. So also so today... So this, it's funny, all sorts of epiphanies happen on CNN today. <laughs> Not only that, where the guy gets the epidemiologist gets on and says, the masks don't work, we need good ones. Oh, okay, thanks. My goodness. Uh, you know, I've you've been on Etsy every day of the year, Alice, trying to sell your custom-made <laughs> cotton masks, 
By the way, Jerry, uh, uh, little Jerry Callahan masks. I made it a point not to sell masks because I think and Alice, who BS. cares? Let's sell them to the suckers. I don't want the to losers sell and the masks. suckers. Yes, we're selling them to no, the suckers. Masks yes, are stupid. We're, we're not doing it for masks. little Jerry Callahan. By the way, all proceeds no. for if you buy little Jerry Callahan merchandise, all proceeds go to. So, um, so that is, <laughs> they go into Tom they, Shattuck's pocket is where they go. Correct. And so so we'll sell those. What about those water bottles? Let's get those going, too. Yeah, there's going to be a special on a water bottle, but those won't be available through our website. Those are a special thing. They are? Yeah, those are going to Patreon subscribers and stuff. All right. All right. Those so, are special ones. And maybe for, like, prizes and stuff. Maybe we can have some listener competitions. Very good. Very good. I want to honor this wonderful chicken as much as possible, mm-hmm. Alice, for barely $16 a pop. <laughs> all right. So uh, the other thing that happened on CNN is Brian Stelter had Oliver Darcy on. He's, mm-hmm. he's the CNN media dude, whatever. And uh, it, I can't it, – it's remarkable that this was said. This has been something that's been obvious common sense since the beginning, but it was treated like a an absolute a revelation on CNN – that, hey, you know what? Maybe we should focus on something different. Maybe the word breakthrough is part of the problem. Breakthrough implies rare. Breakthrough implies something went wrong. I don't like when he gravels his voice like that on purpose. Alice, it makes me feel uh, like he's got me tied up somewhere. <laughs> rare. Wrong. You've done something wrong, Tom. <laughs> Maybe the word breakthrough is part of the problem. Breakthrough implies rare. Breakthrough implies something went wrong. And that's not actually the premise of the vaccines. Right. The premise is that you don't end up in the hospital. And, and, and we've seen that they, they work. I think news coverage almost needs to... The premise is that you don't end up in the hospital, huh? Wow, what do you mean? I, cases, cases, cases. Cases in Florida. DeSantis, cases. To reflect that uh, maybe cases, like you said, are not the best barometer for how we measure the pandemic anymore. It, it should maybe perhaps be on hospitalizations because if we are telling people that hospitalization uh, is, is why you do not, why you get the vaccine, then perhaps we should be you know, measuring hospitalizations and, and putting more of an emphasis on the fact that low vaccinated or high vaccinated areas have low hospitalizations and low vaccinated areas have high hospitalizations versus just a case count, which doesn't really capture uh, the picture quite as well in 2021. Hmm, hmm says Stelter. Rare and wrong. So there you go. There's would have been something nice for CNN to st- say from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, because you have states, because you had Trump being president and you have states with governors like Ron DeSantis, they have to make it, it all these things into cataclysmic failures of Republicans. And it, so the, the truth was a secondary or tertiary mm-hmm. uh, concept. Anything? <laughs> Keep going. No, I'm done right there. That's right. And I, now you have it now. I mean, I think I've said this all along that vaccines, um, you know, prevent serious illness, obviously. They Were also- you actually just not listening to this last 30 seconds? No, I, know I was that- looking for something. Okay. Because I noticed you're going back and forth. On- what are you doing on social media? I am looking for the study that I showed you earlier, but the tweet was deleted that I had initially sent you about the um, <sighs> about the cycle threshold oh, values, right. uh, the cycle threshold values for vaccinated and unvaccinated people. What is the cycle um, threshold value? Okay, so how much do you know about PCR tests, honey? 
I know that they don't know the difference from the flu or the COVID. That's not true. That's not true. They're called a polymerase chain reaction test. Okay. I thought they were uh, so, past blue ribbon. Polymerase is a um, a an enzyme that can copy DNA or RNA. Mm-hmm. So basically what the test does is it takes like a little sample from your airway and then it uses this enzyme to copy a bunch more of whatever's there so it can see what's there. Right? So it like copies whatever's there until it can detect what's actually there so it makes a bunch of copies of the dna or the rna until there's enough for the test to see what you have there and then it looks at the dna and it says oh this is sars covid dna or it's flu dna or whatever it is right do you see what i'm saying shot class okay so you know that so the cycle threshold is how many times you tell people what shot class means tell us Shot glass means uh, Tom's brain is a shot glass. So if we pour in, and it's like pouring beer into a shot glass. So right. if we give him new information, everything just flows out. Exactly. He has the same amount of information at the end of telling him something. Correct. Um, so basically, the cycle threshold is how many times you have to run the PCR cycle um, until you can detect what you have. Until you can see if there's SARS virus there or not. So if you run a lot of, if you have to run more cycles, then there was less there to start with. Do you see what I'm saying? Because you have to run more cycles to be able to see what virus is there. Do you get what I'm saying at all? Is this making sense? The cycle threshold is how many times you have to run the PCR to get to see what DNA you have, or R- in this case, RNA, because it's an RNA virus. But, I used to run the VCR at my dad's okay, house. Okay, so anyway, so basically what the Barnstable, what concerned them about this Barnstable County Correct. outbreak. Correct, Barnstable, the thank you, Alice. Barnstable County. Was that the people who were in the hospital, the hospitalized people, had a similar cycle threshold to unvaccinated people who are in the hospital. So... They were saying that that meant there was roughly the same amount of virus in their system. However, cycle threshold does not necessarily translate one-to-one to to viral load, to how much virus is in your system. And in the case of vaccinated people, in particular asymptomatic vaccinated people, it could also be that um, that there's dead virus in their system because the test can't tell the difference between RNA from a virus that's dead and your immune system is neutralized and DNA and RNA from a virus that's infecting you. So yes, if you have more virus in your system, it generally means you're worse infected and your cycle threshold will be lower. However, it's not a perfect one-to-one correlation and it doesn't necessarily correlate to how infectious you are. What we have seen from numerous studies other than Barnstable County's outbreak is that people who are vaccinated do have much lower cycle thresholds almost immediately once they're infected because their immune system is killing off virus like nobody's business. And that in addition, they probably aren't as infectious even with a similar cycle threshold. So basically there was this study in Qatar that um, that I'm looking for again. But it basically it found that the cycle thresholds are higher for... Um, you know, there's less virus in the system of vaccinated people. So not what they're saying from the non-random Barnstable County sample of people, basically. Okay, so the Barnstable County people 
um, are f- that's why very few of them were hospitalized. In other words, um, not necessarily. But the point is that they were doing the test on the basis of people who were very sick. Like they weren't comparing all vaccinated people who were at that bar and testing them for COVID. Right? They were taking the people who did get sick and seeing how much virus was in their system. And the non-vaccinated people who did get sick and seeing how much virus was in their system. And they said it's a similar amount of virus. But there were probably a bunch of other vaccinated people also there who didn't get sick, who uh. had lower, who had a higher cycle, th- cycle threshold, who had less RNA, viral RNA in their system because they didn't test all the people who were there. They only tested the ones who got sick. Right. And. What they've seen is that the cycle threshold doesn't necessarily correlate to infectiousness one-to-one either. But, I mean, the long story short is that probably this is an outlier. Probably there was not really a reason to do the mask mandates again. And they just wanted to do the mask mandates again because they want unvaccinated people to wear masks. And they've decided that the way to do that is just to tell the vaccinated people to wear masks again, too. Right. And I think that they are now supercharged because some vaccinations are, are, the vaccination numbers are improving. So now they're like, well, look at this. We found a thing. We found a party in Provincetown. Mm-hmm. We've, we're scaring people and people are running to get vaccinated. Right. Well, and I mean, there are cases going up. It's probably yep. the case that some of the people who are running out to get vaccinated just hadn't made it a priority, just weren't really thinking about it and maybe didn't really know anyone who had COVID. But, you know, probably there there are a bunch of people that are testing positive for COVID right now, and some of them are getting pretty sick. So if you know one of those people, you probably are more likely to go out and get vaccinated than not. But I think that what the CDC did this week really undermined vaccination efforts for the long term, to be honest. I would think so. I would think so. I mean, the messaging is just all... I think if they had just left it alone and not done any of this stuff with Barnstable County and the masks and the whole thing, I think they probably would have seen better vaccination numbers than not. Because now you have the Secretary of Defense looking like Darth Vader inspecting troops with a mask and a face windshield thing that's tinted. Mm -hmm. And like he looks like a cyborg. Biden now is back again to jumping off the plane with his mask on. Like, Like, what are we doing here? This is like... it's. You couldn't have devised a better way to dissuade people from this vaccine if you wanted to. Right, because you've gone out and told people it doesn't work, which goes against all the evidence that we have. Right. Except sort of maybe kind of this one case in Provincetown that's an outlier from everything else we know. And they haven't really released full information on it still. Right. Well, Exactly. And nobody's providing... A couple of people on Twitter on the left I've seen have provided the truth about that part of Barnes Table and how it's mm-hmm. atypical. But very few other people are. Well, right. It- and you have concerned left-leaning people like Nate Silver and people like this who are saying, like, this is not evidence that the vaccine doesn't work. And the fact that they rushed out here with this message on the basis of this um, is, you know, just wrecked everything that they've tried to do. And I think that it's obvious that they had an agenda to want people back in masks before the school year, before, um, you know, virus cases spike back up, all that stuff. They wanted people back in masks anyway, and that this was a pretext. 
Otherwise, they should never have rushed out here. And you can see it in the news headlines. I have seen lefty people complaining about the news headlines, complaining about the news headlines, saying the the raw number of breakthrough cases without pointing out that it's like one in a hundred thousand people, you know, that it's like a really, really tiny percent of people is getting a breakthrough case and an even smaller percentage of them is hospitalized, that, that news organizations are now just chasing clicks in a way that's actually like detrimental to vaccine uptake because they are chasing clicks that say that the Delta variant is vaccine resistant. I mean, look at this stupid story. That is this from the Guardian? Is that where that is? It's like some British group that says that the the virus could could mutate to become deadly enough to kill one out of every three people. Like, okay, but I mean, like it could. I guess that's like possible, but it's like never been known to happen in the hundreds of years that we've been studying viruses. Like we've never seen one do that, like just randomly mutate to become like hugely deadly. That's not a thing that really happens. I mean, sure, like anything's possible, but the idea that that would happen, it's pure clickbait. It's pure just panic porn trying to freak people out for no reason. Absolutely just try to upset people. I don't. And it's frankly like irresponsible. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's not only irresponsible, but you're creating these rifts amongst people. You're, you've cast it in such a way that you've got all these performative and symbolic gestures that you're trying to get people to gravitate to. People can tell that mm-hmm. they're not, but you're telling these people that these are sacred and crucial things to to gravitate to. And so the people who gravitate, and at the same time you're saying the people who don't gravitate towards them to them mm-hmm. are risking your life and possibly killing your relatives. Right. And so that is crazy. What a way to divide a country. And if you're fundraising against it, well, that's great for you. Mm-hmm. But you're ruining the earth. Yeah. So, and then you have people like take this up literally. You know, like Ibram Kendi, who you played in the intro. Mm-hmm. We should probably play, yeah, play that. Yeah, Because this is how, what happens when you take that logic to its ultimate conclusion that people who won't get vaccinated or won't wear a mask are killing you. The right started pushing for the right and the freedom to open back up. I ended up writing this piece in The Atlantic that basically argued that we're still in a slaveholder's republic. <laughs> and what I argued was that the slaveholder... Right, I mean, to start pay- paying for a subscription to The Atlantic. I want to read more about how we're in a slaveholder republic. The individual wanted the freedom to enslave. (laughs) There's no difference between that and the individual saying, I should have the freedom to infect people. (laughs) I should have the freedom to kill and exploit and harass and terrorize. And enslaved people had a different philosophy. Instead of the individual too, it was the community. Well, among other things, I'm not sure that the racial breakdown of vaccine hesitancy works in his favor. Yeah, those people are slaveholders. All right. <laughs> from. So how do we as a community gain freedom from slavery, from oppression, or in the case of the coronavirus, from infection? I mean, don't you think that individual freedom is something that is most acutely hindered by slavery? Doesn't yes, it seem yes. like <clears throat> slavery is most in conflict with individual yes. freedom? 
Well, right. In st- slavery at that point was state-sponsored limitations on your freedom. And mm-hmm. the COVID lockdowns, I would say, are directly state-sponsored limitations on your freedom. Now, would you say that there is a comparable right to not being enslaved, which is the right not to get sick? Uh, Do you think they're comparable? The right no. not to be made a slave by somebody is the same as your right to never get a cold. No, unless like, <laughs> yeah, unless the strep throat is my master suddenly for that week or whatever. It seems like a very tough, I'm shocked that he went There's to racism not... for the metaphor, but it That's seems like a stretch. That's original for him, yes. I think. But, but he's just like so profoundly... This is such a dumb argument to me. Like, this is such a stupid way to put it. To say that the tension that individual liberty is the freedom to enslave people and the freedom to infect people and the freedom to kill people. Like, nobody on the earth. Like, has he ever met a libertarian? You know what? We should set up Ibram Kendi with Matthew Carano. Ooh, okay. And have them talk about what individual liberty is actually about. Because I don't think he's literally ever talked to anybody who's made an argument on the basis of individual liberty. Because I would say that most people who make arguments from a standpoint of uh, individual liberty are against slavery. Yes, of course. <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure. Well, in all, in all that, it's also to suggest that it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, you might, but it's it's nice and it's transferable as well because you can use this with climate mm-hmm. and class as well. You know, the more you have of something, gives you more exclusivity to places and things, which, as a default, those who are underserved in the community mm-hmm. and marginalized are kept out of, are um, right. prohibited from, and so that's uh, class slavery as well. Well, right. I mean, and yeah, you can extend the argument. Absolutely. Like black people have much lower rates of home ownership in this country. So if racism is a public health crisis, if the disparities between black and white people in America are a public health crisis, then how can your individual liberty to own a home that you bought trump the uh, the collective importance of making sure that other people have the freedom to own a home as you do? Right, yeah. It can work I mean, with- like, yeah, how come you have the individual liberty to pollute, to put gas in your car and drive around and consume fossil fuels like that? How come you which, have the, by the individual way, is- liberty to do that? How come you have the individual liberty to... Fossil f- fuels, which are mm-hmm. destroying the wor- world, mm-hmm. you know, which is causing the world to be essentially enslaved by your greed because it's hurting marginalized people the most... It's uh, hurting natural resources that the poor people need. It's um, it's causing we know it causes terrorism, climate change, but it also it um, it upsets the environment and hardest hit as usual are our minorities. So yeah, there's so much. It's very tough to get away from from his world of uh, racism. The, my problem with him is that Ibram Kendi is a he's a unfortunately under the capture of his own idiocy because he's a dumb he's a dumb person Mm -hmm. and he's a dumb person who has so much privilege it's incredible people have bestowed upon him a prestige that he doesn't deserve because he's stupid i think he's probably a nice guy sounds like he might be a nice guy the way he speaks Mm -hmm. is very soft-spoken but everybody around him is lying to him and has been now for at least two decades (laughs) 
That's true. You know, we're all pretending. Okay, that's fine. Yes, that was very bright. That was very bright. Because that's why you would say something like he just said and have a take like that. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, yes, COVID uh, resistance to the vaccine is also slavery. You're enslaving the rest of us. If you had respect for him, you would say, oh, Ibram, you can't really say that to people because that argument is asymmetrical, makes no sense, full of holes, uh, incredibly flawed, and is going to make you seem like an idiot. And we're trying to sell this thing as you're a smart guy. But nobody respects him. Yeah, no, they're lying to him. Just like, I mean, people kind of... Somebody almost tried to, like, push back when he defined racism as systems of racist structures. Right. That are upheld by racist ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he said it twice. Like, is that a little circular? And he was like, no, I'll repeat it. And anti-racism is a system of anti-racist structures that are upheld by anti-racist ideas. Sorry, that was more of an Obama impression than an Imam Kendi impression. Speaking of that, did you get an invite to the party? No, I uh, mine must be lost in the mail because I would assume that we're invited. I would absolutely There's at least 700 people invited, so how can we not be on the guest list at this point? <laughs> Are we surprised? He is too good because not only is there 700 people invited, but they're invited to his huge Martha's Vineyard, huge, sprawling, giant estate on the beach, on the water. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it. One would wonder if his uh, core principles uh, that he um, showcases to us constantly are indeed uh, solid principles, or perhaps he is. Uh, these are affectations. How many acres is it? It's like fifty acres or it's something. It's huge. The water. It's like ridiculous. Is, it's, it's awesome. It's a great place. You talked their- about the importance of defining racism. But I, but I, unless I missed it, which is possible, I don't. I didn't hear your personal definition. Is there, is there one that you would offer us? Like, how do you define racism? Sure. So racism, I would define it um, as a collection uh, of racist policies that lead to racial inequity that are substantiated by racist ideas. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, a collect- like that doesn't. That's not what your book says, right? The book is better than that, right? <laughs> uh, ...of racist policies that lead to racial inequity that are substantiated by racist ideas. And anti-racism is a pretty simple using the same terms. Anti-racism is a collection of anti-racist policies leading to racial... Anybody want to take a guess? Equity that are substantiated by anti-racist ideas. Okay. Like, like, seriously, like, uh, Professor Kendi, how do we get an A in your class? What are we supposed to say? You just have to take a knee and raise your fist. And and say racist, racist, racist. What is the answer to to question four? Racism? (laughs) Correct. For extra points, uh, what kind of systemic? (laughs) Correct. Systemic? Describe systemic. Uh, Systems. Correct. I see. I get it now. I understand how this works, this class. I like this professor, and he's, he's soft-spoken, too. That's uh, Tom's best grade in school, actually, I'm pretty sure. The Racism 101? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Did we do? Did we play the TikTok? I did, we did do the uh, identify mm-hmm. as an animal thing, right? Uh, 
Did we do the? Did we no, one? we didn't do the let's, identifying as an animal. You did other TikTokers yesterday, but not the animal it. person. So this one, this one might be one that I found on my the own. The noun self else. pronouns. It's from the same account that I taught you about, the oh. libs of TikTok account. Don't tell these people, Alice. <laughs> Make them think this is tough. I made a really loud yelly video about this, but I decided I will approach this in a more calm but stern manner. <laughs> You love their calm but stern manners, Tom. That's your favorite. No, but that's her, like, concession to us. I'm going to give you one calm but stern. The last one was yelly, deservedly so, because you deserve (laughs) it, because you don't seem to understand it. You don't seem to know anything. But now I'm going to give you another one, and this one's going to be calm but still stern. A lot of the people using kitty and pup and bunny self-pronouns are neurodivergent minors. It is a very common neurodivergent experience to feel a disconnect. Neurodivergent minor. Mm-hmm. Questions? Is this like the Chilean minors? No. A neurodivergent means, uh, as opposed to neurotypical, it's a better way of saying um, mentally off or whatever. A neurodivergent minor is somebody under 18? Minor is under 18. Yep. Neurodivergent means okay. like mentally disabled. Okay. From being human mm-hmm. and from. By the way, that noise, boom, boom, when she said human was on purpose. That means like human uh, to qualify it. So we don't, we're not mm-hmm. jarred okay. by the word. From the societal expectation of the gender you were assigned to birth. So when you have this intersection of feeling a disconnect from being human and a disconnect from the societal expectation of gender, whether you're neurodivergent or not, a lot of people have this experience who are neurodivergent. Is neurodivergent, um, so what's the, the clinical speak for just effing crazy? That's neurodivergent. Okay, so that's what... The neurodivergent sh- is mentally disabled, yeah. Neurotypical is what well, the rest of us are. So, like, yeah, but the like they is, had to invent a word for normal, for like trans people are trans, and then normal people are cisgender. Mm. So, like, they had to invent a word for being mentally normal, which is neurotypical. Sometimes well, what abbreviated is, NT instead of ND. I hope so. So, you're a neurotypical cis person. Okay. Neurodivergent. It's just very common with neurodivergent people. When this intersects, you get noun self pronouns and animal <laughs> noun self pronouns. Why? Wait, wait a second. I'm hearing a lot of uh, like root word Latin-y kind of things and neurodivergent and noun self pronouns, etc. And so I just noun- heard the word, I swear to God, Alice, I just heard the word animal. <laughs> animal noun self pronouns okay. is when you like to go, like, say you, say you were neurodivergent and you didn't really identify with being human, right? then okay. you could request that we all call you, uh, like, Tom went to the store by dog self. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that, okay. Yeah, so you well, can say... You, would you mind doing that? <laughs> I know. If you are not comfortable using someone's pronouns because you assume it's kink for some weird reason, don't interact with them. And just shut up about it. <laughs> or else what's going to happen? A fire going to burst out somewhere? What's going to happen if I do interact with them, Alice? It's what really happens? Harmful. It's really harmful to people if you don't use their animal noun self pronouns. And why is kink a thing now? Why? What is this? Why, why is this? If you think, And why was she angry towards the end? Yeah, that's you. You have a breeding kink. 
Why did she get up angry at the end? Because um, some people apparently think that people use noun self pronouns because they're furries. Why do people? And that. Why do the so- furries also have to be sensitive? <laughs> Why does the person no, who thinks he's a, he's a Colombian ground marmot also have to be really but touchy about the subject? furries. Furries, is, they do it for kink. But some people oh. are neurodivergent. Oh, they so really are the animal. Saying, yeah, she's saying that some people don't want to use animal noun self pronouns for some neurodivergent minors because they assume it's a kink like furries have. But some neurodivergent minors just in a non-kink way identify with being an animal. And they're very sensitive about it. <laughs> yes. There's no mm-hmm. animals that have a thick skin that <laughs> no. are absolutely cool with whatever you say. Well, I mean, Pepper gets very upset if you use the wrong pronouns for her. I've noticed this about her. Sorry, Pepper. So why is... I mean, you get sensitive if you if I use what you perceive to be the wrong pronouns for the late LGC. Well, yes, because that's your kink, which is weird, <laughs> and I don't like you doing that when it comes to my poultry friends, Alice, who I underst- who understand me, and they understand, and I understand them. Mm-hmm. So, in case you didn't already think the internet was a mistake after hearing that, um, I have news for those of you in the very online crowd. This will come as no surprise, but Chris Chan has been arrested. How do I know Chris Chan? Chris Chan is a um, neurodivergent oh. uh, trans cartoonist and YouTuber who uh, has been popular since about like 2007. I mean, popular. Has been well known, let's say, since around 2007. And I would say that some of the treatment of Chris Chan, who was at one point Christian Chan, but now goes by Christina Chan. Uh, has been a little unkind. So because Chris Chan is autistic and makes a cartoon called Sonichu, which is like a a blend of Sonic the Hedgehog and Pikachu, which a lot of people on the internet feel is bad, a, a poorly made cartoon, um, people have been trolling Chris Chan for, you know, 15 years now, um, including like pretending to be Chris Chan's friend and talking to him and whatever, and like then publicizing the conversations and other unkind things. Um, but Chris Chan has now been arrested because one of the people who was trolling Chris uh, had a conversation with him or her in which uh, he revealed this is a 39 year old man who says he's a woman has revealed that he has been uh, trying to be intimate with his mother who has dementia and doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) So, (laughs) so now, (laughs) why would you want to air this out? This is, this is going to be big news on the internet. I'm serious because this is like, you heard it here first. folks. This is like a semi-famous, youtuber person who's like pretty well known in the extremely online circles and this is now just hitting sort of like mainstream publications but this person is extremely sick and twisted and messed up and has been abusing his mother who has dementia who doesn't know what's going on and has finally been arrested and is of course in women's prison because why not 
Um, but it's going to be interesting because um, mother-son incest is illegal in Virginia, but not mother-daughter incest. So it's going to be interesting how they uh, try this case. But we'll see. So like I said, in case you didn't already think that the internet was a mistake now, I'm sure you definitely do. And, you know, we welcome the end of civilization and all of this that we have wrought upon ourselves. So now you know about Chris Chan, honey, and all our listeners do too. Thank you for that, Alice. You're Thank welcome. you very much. Anything You're else welcome. going on? Now you know. Now you know. Um, the more you know. So uh, there continues to be outrage around uh, the article, the Katie Herzog article we told you about last night on uh, oh, yeah, Jesse I, Singles' blog. I don't know, if, or not Jesse Singles. Sorry, she's on the podcast. On Barry Weiss's Substack. Yes, I saw this develop today. It was incredible. That now is has been flagged and removed from Reddit. Um, yeah. You can't you can't use Substack anymore on Reddit because she brought up the conversation of med school um, bullies who mm-hmm. went after academics and, and Reddit professors. says this is not a, a safe source for medical news. Well, this is unsubstantiated. It's essentially a blog. And meanwhile, the comments are completely affirming that this is absolutely going on. Here's a taste of some of the things people have been saying in the Reddit comments. I am a mid-level practitioner and graduated from a big-name school in the California Bay Area years ago. My relative recently graduated from the same university. The level of hostility and cancel culture she witnessed was mind-boggling to her, an ultra-liberal person of color. For example, they were told never to present cases identifying a patient's sex. Instead of saying something like 50-year-old male presents with, they were instead required to say 50-year-old person with a penis presents with. Much of this was pushed by a small cohort of activist students who would compile cancel lists of professors and students they would target for punishment or firing. In one such case, they successfully removed a professor who lectured that there were sex and racial differences in presentation of some diseases and drug responses, such as MIs in women versus men or differing responses to hypertensive medications in African Americans. They would argue with the professor during a lecture, saying that claiming lower ACE inhibitor responsiveness in African Americans was simply teaching racism because there's no such thing as race. The professor was removed from teaching duties after they complained. In another notable case, they told a queer cross-dressing person of color that his objections to teaching about microaggressions came from a place of male privilege and he needed to read the literature because they were tired of correcting all that was wrong with the curriculum. The student was so turned off that they never participated in class discussions again for the remainder of the program. In one class discussion, an activist student said that according to her indigenous history, the concept of sex never existed before white men came and that teaching sex-based medicine was a form of violence towards her due to white colonialism. Yes, I was going to say that. I agree with that. So I, did you know that Native Americans didn't recognize any gender or sex differences? Yes, that's one of the things I knew. I've always known. Judge Andrew Napolitano is out at Fox News following sexual harassment allegation. Do you know that? Oh, wow. Andrew Napolitano is no longer employed by the company. This comes after a lawsuit filed by Fox Business Production Assistant John Fawcett, who alleges that he was sexually harassed in an elevator by the judge in 2019. This lawsuit, Fawcett alleges senior execs were aware of the misconduct but declined to take further action. Fawcett also alleges that Napolitano, Napolitano also harassed other employees. Did is, you know? Is Napolitano gay? I'm guess so or he just he's straight and really likes to sexually harass men <laughs> i had no idea i had no idea too the things that you learn the things you do for love do. the washingtonian wants us to know that the reporter who uh, published photos of oh this Mayor is too good, too good. Browser, 
at uh, officiating an indoor wedding maskless after she put her mask mandate into effect wants us to know that that reporter was not in fact invited to the wedding how awesome is that (laughs) how awesome is that usually the media gets a table closest if not the head table close to the head table i found at most weddings i have been to um i had one more thing but i'll save it go ahead no please do you one more thing uh have you heard of the writer cormac mccarthy yeah, I have, but uh, I don't read books, as you know. And why don't I read well, books, Alice? Because books is dumb. Where you can find merchandise that says books is dumb on there on burnbarrelpodcast.com. And while you're there, why don't you pick up a little something for our friend, little Jerry Callahan, who has passed the late little Jerry Callahan, Shameless. who we love uh, as well. All proceeds go to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Pepper, move my camera. I didn't notice earlier. Um, but in any case... Um, Cormac McCarthy uh, was briefly verified on Twitter before uh, people pointed out that the person running the verified Cormac McCarthy Twitter account was not, in fact, Cormac McCarthy, but was uh, just someone pretending to be Cormac McCarthy. So the Twitter verification system is uh, perfect once again, never makes a mistake. I'm so glad they have control over what news we can read and not read because they seem really on their A-game and on top of things. And I don't know if there's any way to verify who a world famous author is. What's Pepper talking about, guys? You guys know? But once again, our our tech and media overlords uh, do everything perfectly. But you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We are also on YouTube. That's Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel. Or you can shoot us an email if, um, you know, those tech services have kicked you off or anything. That's Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Once again, we respect and we remember the notorious LGC, Alice. Best friend a fella could have. Fellow traveler in the yard. Companion in outdoor adventures. Does that make you T Diddy? Killer killer of killer of, killer of uh, ticks. I saw him actually go after a rabbit the other day. There you go. Never forget you. Through your family, I fulfill your dreams. In the future, can't wait to see if you open up the gates for me. Reminisce sometime. The night they took my friend. Try to black it out, but it plays again. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.